Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Turn with me to the book of Mark. I'll go through this kind of briefly. Um, The book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 32 through 52. There's a reason why I wanted to go halfway, and I'm going to share that in our message, okay? And I pray that this message really blesses you. Again, as I mentioned, the title is The Ambassador of Hope. Amen? Uh, Guys, I can only imagine in this portion of Scripture, okay, up to this point, let me share this really quickly. Jesus has shared the third time, He's going to share for the third time about what's going to happen in Jerusalem. And some of you have come back from Jerusalem, what a blessing that is. Yet, with these 12 men that He's chosen, we'll see some other things going on in their lives as well. And guys, keep in mind, as they get closer and closer to Jerusalem, God, I can only imagine what, he, what he's going through as he's going there. He knows what awaits him. He knows what awaits him. And I can only imagine what he was thinking at that time. Uh, the servant, Jesus Christ, the word that became flesh, was on his way to give us the greatest example that we as Christians can learn. Um, also, we'll cover a couple Old Testament prophecies uh, about this, this moment that were fulfilled. And as we follow in his footsteps, we will discover that regardless of what awaited him in Jerusalem, guys, he would allow nothing to distract him of the mission that he was called to fulfill. Amen. And now we see here also with his disciples, they're still having difficulties, guys, understanding all these things uh, in a spiritual manner. You know, obviously, uh, you know, I'll, I'll state it in my notes here. Um, I've been critical at times reading, and I know some of you, these guys were knuckleheads. You know, Pastor Jim says all the time, these guys were knuckleheads. Says, yeah, so are we, until we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, they didn't have the Spirit of God yet. Okay, and so with that, we're going to cover several points as we go through this, this quick chapter, or this half a chapter, so to speak. The first point that i like to share with you from verses 32 to 34, Mark 10, 10, 32, 34, is the mission. The mission of a servant, okay? And here it begins in verse 32, and he says, Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going before them, and they were amazed. As they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again, began to tell them the things that would happen to him. He says, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. Okay. Now come with me to Luke, just to get a little portion here. And I'll just jump to, to verse 34, Luke 18, uh, 34. Okay, I'm going to bypass the 32 to 31 through 33. But he says here in, in verse 34, But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not know the things which were spoken. Speaking of the disciples, this is the third time Jesus tells them. Hey guys, I'm going to be put to death. You would think that these guys were really, you know, and, and obviously one of the, the, the writings here of the Gospels, uh, Peter, you know, checks them on it. No, 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 I, I, no, no way. 
And then and, and Jesus, get away from me, Satan, you know, get thee behind me, you know. So, But here, guys, we're going to see something interesting, okay? You know, last week, guys, we had the privilege, some of the leaders, to go to, to Tucson on a conference there. Uh, and the theme of that conference was defending the faith. Uh, defending the faith. And, and you know, and I can, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that many of you agree that in our culture today, we are witnessing more and more attacks on, on the sovereignty of God and on the Word of God. You know, we see that daily, guys. We see happening. And, and something that happened that struck me, you know, I shouldn't have. But uh, recently they had a carnival in Brazil. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Some of you have. And blatantly, in this carnival, in this parade, there's Satan. Huge float, whatever it's called. And the guy up in front, dressed as Satan, dressed in red, he's there with pitchfork. And then they bring out a man dressed as Jesus. And they're dragging him. He's stabbing him with his pitchfork, beating him up. And the crowd is cheering. You guys, some of you saw what happened at the Grammys, right? Don't think, guys, it's not happening here. Or it's going to continue. It's going to continue to happen here. But our God will not be mocked. Because if you read what happened after this carnival, this, the guy that was dressed in the Satan, as Satan, he died the next day in a car accident. The whole city was, was hit with a violent storm and, and was flooded. You know, people think, ah, it just no, it's not. God will not be mocked, okay? Uh, you know, guys, it, it's one of these things that, that I pray that we, as believers in Christ, are, are paying attention to what's going on in this world. You know, many, many, and I understand, many are praying for things to get better. So am I. But not necessarily for, for what? Prosperity in these things. No, I pray for us as believers to grow in maturity. Because let me tell you guys something. There's going to be people coming to you that the scales have been removed and they're going to come to you seeking the truth. And if we are not ready, like this conference taught us, if we don't have a defense for what we believe, how can we minister to them? Often when I mentor these men on a weekly basis, I share with them, it says, if someone was come to you and say, brother, why do you believe what you believe? Why, why do I believe in Christianity? Why do I believe? All of them, well, I feel that I think that I, you know. No, it's not about our feelings. It's about the facts. It's about what God says. And brothers, you know what? If we're not reading the word of God on a consistent basis, let me tell you, we're playing around. And, 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 I, and I say this with respect. There's a, you know, with sadness. There's a lot of pastors abandoning the word of God. Christian pastors. Oh, it's okay to have homosexuals. Oh, we welcome homosexuals. We welcome those in the gay community. We welcome any sinner because we were once there. But you know what? God's going to change your life. And you're going to abandon that sin. So, so keep in mind, guys, keep in mind, and, and, and some of these prophecies that he that mentions here, and I'll, I'll just cover one, okay? Isaiah 53, 4 through 7 says this, 
Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All like we like sheep have gone astray and we have turned everyone to his own way. Okay, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Guys, why do I share that? Because every prophecy that came up to this point was fulfilled. And Jesus is pointing to these prophets that he's talking about. The prophets talked about me. The prophets talked about this day. And if you go into chapter 11 of of Mark, you would see the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Yet he wept because they missed it. They had all the prophecies. They had Daniel. They had to the day of him returning. And they missed it. And he wept, guys, he wept. And from that moment on, from that moment on, he told them a severe warning. Not one stone will be left upon each other. You, your enemy will come in and take over. And they did. And they did. Obviously, guys, we can go on and on with these prophecies. And, you know, obviously, as as Christ spoke clearly about his death, his disciples could not grasp the meaning of these words. Until they would see him face to face after his resurrection. They had no idea what this news meant. And at this point in his ministry, they couldn't see. They could not see Jesus' mission. They could not see his mission. The moment he was, my friend here was stricken with cancer. God touched him. God touched him. And he's going to share this this Thursday how they found no trace of cancer. Only God can do that. But God didn't just touch him and save him to put him on the shelf. No, 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 no. Now he can relate to anyone with cancer. Jesus Christ loves you. And you know what? I, I pray you come out and hear that powerful, powerful testimony. I really do. Now, granted, guys, before we continue, you know, it's easy to criticize, and I have criticized these men, yet they were not blessed with the Holy Spirit as we are. The question I have for us all here is, do you know the mission that we have, that we have been granted by God? Do you know the mission of your life? There's one word that Luis shared last night, and it struck out to me, to be intentional in our relationship with Christ. Guys, I'll be honest. Early on in my relationship with Christ, if you want to call it that, I was going here, I was going there, I was wishy-washy. I wanted to do what Al Rubio wanted to do. But God had a mission for me. God had a purpose. And guys, I, I kind of ran from that. I'll be honest with you. I was Jonah. You know, my middle name is Al Jonah Rubio, so I'm just saying. <laughs> Are you guys prepared? Are you prepared to share what you believe? Because a lot of these people, they're going to come out of this woke nonsense and they're going to be seeking the truth. What do you Christians truly believe? Oh, well, you know, let me share with you what I believe. Boom. You know, boom. Guys, there's an alarming statistic that was shared this past week at the conference. 
And I'm going to share this question with you. What would you, if you were to have to guess, what would be the percentage of, of, of people, true believers, of how many true believers could actually defend what they believe? I mean, defend, you know, not wishy-washy, but how, what would you think the percentage would be? 2010? I said, you know, at the common, like, 30, 35. This person said 6%. Let that sink in. Six percent. Six percent. That means 94 percent. I'm not saying they're playing around, okay? I'm not. But 94 percent would struggle in sharing what they truly believe, defending what we truly believe. I want to let that sink in, guys. Perhaps, guys, in our next point, we're going to see why, or we're going to have a clue why we struggle and why these men struggle. Okay, with understanding this important mission, we come to our second point, Mark ten thirty five through forty. The patient, the patience of a servant, the patience of this servant, and it says here. Then James and John, check this out, guys. The sons of Zebedee came to him, saying, "Teacher, we want you to do for us. We want you to do for us whatever we ask." And he said to them, "What do you want me to do for you?" He says, "Lord, I got a favor to ask." Okay. They said to him, grant us that we, will, we may sit one on your right hand and one on the other, on your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to him, you do not know what you ask, what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, we are able. Yes, Lord, we can. So Jesus said to him, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I am baptized with you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those who, for whom it has been prepared. Amen? Guys, keep in mind that moments before, Jesus said, Hey, guys, hey, uh, I'm going to be put to death. We're getting close to Jerusalem. I'm going to be put to death. Oh, hey, Lord, do you mind if we sit on your left hand and like... Now, come with me, guys, please, to the book of Matthew. And I'm going to paraphrase this for just time's sake, okay? I'm going to paraphrase. In Matthew 20, 20 to 23, now we see the mother of, of, of these two guys, okay? John and James, right? Okay, mama's in the scene now. I shared this with a Spanish minister. I said, guys, can you imagine mama taking off her chancla and saying, Jesus, I got a favor to ask you. And she's like, ooh. Mama comes up. My little boys, can they sit one at your left hand, one at your right? When mama gets involved, you know something serious, right? I'm just saying. And Jesus says the same thing. Are you able to drink from the cup? And they said again, they said in this, in this conversation, yes, we are, Lord. Okay. I'm not criticizing guys. I'm not. I'm not. But let me, let me share something with you here, guys. question here. How clear is the mission for why God has chosen you? Because if you're a true believer in Jesus Christ in this room, God chose you. Not for your purpose, for His. For His mission. But here's how clear is the mission for why He's chosen you? Or have you allowed yourself to be distracted? Or have you developed an attitude like these men? What's in it for me? 
Oh, I hear the news. I hear you're going to die. But what's in it for me? And I see that all the time, guys. What's in it for me? Oh, you know, we need volunteers. What's in it for me? <laughs> God, I shared something here. And when I put these on my notes, it made me cry. Do you remember, guys? Do you remember the first time you received Christ? How that fire burned in your heart. Because he would have said at that moment, go to China. You would have went to China. You wouldn't have figured it out, but you would have went to China. The question now, is that fire still burning in you? Or have you allowed yourself to become complacent, lazy, ineffective for the things of God? Has that fire been in your heart been reduced to an ember struggling to survive? I came across this story and I'll be brief with it. We'll just say this guy's name's Jesse for thank you, Jesse, for sitting there. <laughs> Jesse received Christ and he's on fire for Jesus. Coming to church every Wednesday, every time the doors are open, he's here. Pretty soon he starts to get challenged. Starts missing Wednesday, starts missing the Bible studies. Then he starts missing Sunday. A couple weeks go by, a couple months go by. He's at home. One day he hears a knock on the door. He opens the door and there's Pastor Al. Hi, Pastor. Pastor Al says nothing. Come on in, sit by the fire. They come in, sit by, no words are spoken, you know. Sitting there and they're looking at this nice fire. Jesse's looking, looking like he's going to say something. I know, I know. Pastor says nothing. All of a sudden, Pastor reaches up and gets the tongs and he picks out this piece of wood that's on fire. He picks and puts it to the side. And they're both looking at this piece now. Things, all of a sudden, it's struggling. The flame begins to diminish. Pretty soon you see it just struggling. A few moments go by and then pretty soon the fire goes out. Pretty soon a few more minutes the glow goes out. After several minutes the pastor is able to go and pick that up. It's become cold. Without saying a word, he reaches back over and puts it into the fire. And then within seconds, that little please goes. He gets up. Heads to the door. Jesse meets him and says, thanks for the sermon, Pastor. We'll see you Sunday. We'll see you Sunday. Guys, some of us, for some reason, have distanced ourselves from that flame. And we think we're okay. We're not. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And if we don't re-engage, especially now, guys, do you, know, do you understand what's going on? We are blessed to be living in this day. Because you know what? He saved the best for last. Woo. I say that humbly, okay? I just say that humbly. Baby, he saved the best for last. I'm just saying. 
He saved us for such a time as this. And if we are not standing firm, if we're not in the Word, if we're not on fire for Jesus Christ, you know what? Bye-bye. There's many casualties in this war. And I pray to God we're not one of them, guys. I do. Now back to our lesson. Now, let's come to our next point. Mark chapter 10, verses 41 through 45. The sacrifice of a servant. The sacrifice of a servant. Guys, understand, now the two, you know, they're asking this favor. Now, now when the ten heard it, they began to greatly dis- be displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the gent, Lord over them, and their, gr- and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. Amen, amen. Guys, if I may say this on a personal note. My personal opinion, this is where many Christians have trouble serving in the church. Oh, sure, yeah, oh, I want to serve God with all my heart. Praise the Lord. Oh, but I got to serve you? Wow. Some of you, it's a joy. All of you, it's a joy. Let me rephrase it, okay? Edit that. All of you, it's a joy. But there are some that you see them coming, guys, okay? We have one doorway in our office. There's only one escape. One way in. One way out. And I see someone coming. I'm, I'm trying to hide under my desk. Then I come out. Hi. Praise the Lord. But here's where a lot of people, they can't see themselves serving others. Oh, I love to serve God. But I can't see myself serving others. Especially... When they come and, and they have an emergency and, and they want to place it in Jesse's lap. And Jesse's like, what do I do with this? When we guys can embrace that. With passion, compassion. We will see that transformation in our lives. Okay. Now, Matthew 25 through, through 31 through 40. Please turn with me to Matthew 25, 31 through 40. And I have it up there. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all of His angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, and but the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right hand, Come, you blessed by My Father. Of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You know, guys, relating this to the cancer care ministry or the ambassadors of hope, 
one of the things I share with those that first come in, I said, let me tell you, prepare your hearts because your heart is going to be broken in this ministry. You're going to speak to folks. You're going to minister to people that you're going to walk away in tears. But in that ministry, in these moments, in these times of prayer, understand who we're ministering to. When you saw me sick, when you saw me in prison, when you saw me hungry, I'm chatting with a young man in prison. He calls me every week. What a blessing. Just call, how you doing, Pastor? I'm doing great. Praying for your son. Stay encouraged. Praise the Lord. Guys, the greatest enemy that we will encounter in serving others. This guy right here. Because Al Rubio, I'll be honest with you. Al Rubio don't want to go. Al Rubio doesn't want to go and minister. He doesn't want to go to the hospital. He doesn't want to go to the rehab center. He does not want to go. But Jesus Christ says, go. I used to debate. I used to argue. I used to wrestle with that. There's no wrestling no more, guys. Because I know God is preparing that heart. He's preparing that person. And there's many times where I've walked into a, to a hospital room and, and there's a person there that that in that moment of cancer, in that terminal, he now has changed his priorities. Now he's like, uh, please tell me about God. Tell me there is something else after this life. Absolutely. And two weeks later, he passed away, but he received Jesus Christ. Whew. Whew. He says, he reminds us in verse 46, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many, guys. Hmm. Now, let me be brief with you with this new, new parable, next parable. Luke chapter 10, 25 through 27, for time's sake, I'm going to paraphrase. And all of us know this parable of the Good, good, uh, the good Samaritan, no? And, and this guy comes to him, testing him. He's a Jewish guy. And again, we, we see what Jesus says. Well, what does the law say? And he, well, this is what it says. Well, go do it. Well, who's my neighbor? To justify himself. And he begins to tell him this parable. And, and he shares with him how, how this priest comes by. And he looks and sees this guy laying in the street. And like he walks around. Then he sees a Levite. He comes and sees the same thing. And goes around. Then he sees a Samaritan. And he was moved with compassion. To him, it didn't, it didn't matter what race he was. It didn't matter what religion he was. It didn't matter, but he was moved with compassion to help. And he cares for this guy. I want to relate it this way, guys, for us, if I may. How many of us know someone that has cancer? Could be in this room. And how many of us have walked the other way not wanting to have a conversation? I raise my hand because I've done it. Oh, I see Chuck has cancer. Let me just, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to, you know what to say. Say, brother, I love you. 
I'm praying for you. If that's all we can say, say it. Because imagine what they're going through. He shared something. When he heard that 90 plus percent of his bones were affected with cancer, all he could think about was his voice. Who's going to take care of my boys? Who could care less of the furniture, man? And we heard that little glimmer of hope. We can stop it. Yes, let's do anything we can. And when God touched him, let me tell you something. Pain was gone. Gone. Doctors couldn't explain it. But he didn't stop. He didn't just sit there. He's become an ambassador of hope. So guys, understand this. I guarantee, I guarantee you, there's several of you in this room that have cancer. And you're like, we're here for you. In any way, shape, or form, we're here for you. Even just say, you know what? I want to have a cup of coffee with you. Simple as that. But please, let's not be like the Levite and the priest that we walk around. We walk the other way, ignoring them. Think that's going to make us feel better or make them feel it's not. The guy says, who's my neighbor? Which one of these was the neighbor? The guy who showed mercy. I've seen many people from the community come where I've gone out. Can you come and minister to my mom? My church has no time to visit her. Absolutely. Give me her address. I'm on my way. Go there full of joy. I take her a basket. Here, sweetheart. Oh. Several weeks later, she's gone. But she's in heaven, man. And the daughter called me. I want to thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Because not very many churches do that. And I guarantee you, I can't name one in this area that does what we do. Not boasting, guys, I'm not. I'm not. He says here in John 13, 34, guys, the new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also would love one another. By this, by what? By what? By this love. The world will know that you're one of my disciples by your love for one another. And I have to say this, guys. You know what? And and this is relating to you all. I hear it over and over. We are a loving church. (laughs) Wow, that's such a loving church. I don't know about that Spanish minister guy. I don't know about it. But you guys are Spanish, you know. Keep loving. Keep loving those that come in. Welcome them. You know what? I, I am amazed, saddened by these pastors caving into this woke nonsense. Pastor Jim, let me tell you, you guys know him. Man, sometimes you need to wear your steel toe boots. I'm just saying. Sometimes I do too. I'm like, Lord, oh, thank you. That was for me. You know, walking out like this, oh, praise God. But he preaches the truth. We preach the truth. 
Now come with me to our final point, Mark 10, 46 through 52. And, and we see what's going on here in this portion of scriptures. Here we talk about the salvation. Now they came to Jericho, and he came, as he came out of Jericho with his di- disciples and the great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of uh, Timaeus, sat at the road begging. And when he heard it, he was, it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood and still and commanded him to be called. Then they called to the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. As the worship team comes up. Understand what's happening here, guys, please. This is steps closer to his death. But this blind man has heard of Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on me. And notice here, guys, please notice here for a second. What happens here as he cries out, here comes the critical guys and they say, shh. You guys ever had those in your life? You're praising God, man. This guy cried out even louder. Jesus, have mercy on me. Guys, I know some of you are struggling with some things. Because I know I am. And maybe, maybe you're that piece of ember struggling to survive. You've distanced yourself. You've turned to social media. You've turned, oh, hey, I can watch you online, man. Hey, really? The doors are open. They've been open. The beauty of what God is doing here, the men's events, last night was a blessing. Guys being men with guys and peanuts throwing each other. Steak. But we see the bonds of friendship growing stronger. Because I know many of you, of these men in this room, at a moment's notice I can call your name and you would be there for me in a heartbeat. And I would be there for you. So if you're struggling this morning, there's hope. Stop running, man. It's time to stop running. If you're new or visiting here, guys, you've been battered and bruised from other churches, welcome. We love you and we thank you for being here. We'll be up here after the service to pray with you however you need prayer. Amen? So, you know what, guys? When we go through Scripture, look deeper than the words. Put yourself there. And I pray, I pray that all of us would grow with a desire to be an ambassador of hope. Amen? Let's pray.
Father, we thank you, my King, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your heart, your love. Help us, my King. Help us to trust you in all things. And for those that are struggling, Lord, I pray that you would minister to them. Meet them, Lord. That they would surrender everything, anything, any change that they're carrying, Lord, that they would surrender them to you. That they would place their trust in you once again. That this fire may burn bright into their hearts once again. For those watching through social media, we thank you for viewing this message. And if you live in this area, we welcome you to come visit our church. We would love to pray with you as well. So thank you, Father, for what you're doing here in our midst. We do pray, my King, for this world. We pray for the leadership of this world, of this nation, that you would save them first and foremost, my King. But help us, Father, embrace what you have planned, what you have prophesied. Because nothing's going to deter you from that. So thank you, Lord, for this message. We love you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.